Greetings, Christian Faith Baptist Church disciples, saints of the Most High God. Welcome to another Bible study where we are um, studying to show ourselves approved unto God, workmen, work people that need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And the interesting thing about that scripture is that's one of the scriptures that we will look at uh, in the second chapters of Timothy, of Second Timothy. But we are going to continue to dive into God's word. And it's so, so glad to have um, everyone on tonight. And if this is your first time, we welcome you to our time of study. It's been a, a true blessing. Uh, this weekend, uh, this Saturday, the Chosen Ladies will have a Zoom meeting. All the information would have been in your last week's um, newsletter for you to log on. It's, um, I believe, 1030 until noon. Um, and so those uh, ladies, if you want to, we encourage you to participate and be a part of that discussion Um on this coming Saturday. So we just thank God for the um, women of Christian Faith Baptist Church continuing to move forward and uh, do ministry and serve the Lord. Amen. 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 Um, well, let's let's pray. Father God, we thank you for this night. We thank you, oh God, that your word, um, your word is powerful. Your word is effective. Your word is everything that we need. And we pray, Lord, that we will submit ourselves to you and to the spirit and that we will uh, honor you in our lives as we conform our lives and our thoughts, everything to what you would have in store for us. And so, Lord, uh, we hide your word in our heart tonight as we study, discuss, and uh, and are encouraged um, by what uh, you have to say to us tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Uh, again, 2 Timothy chapter 1, and uh, Deacon Brown, you there? I know you're there. <laughs> uh. Uh, Deacon Brown, can you read 2 Timothy chapter 1? I think she may have just been disconnected. Oh. Oh, yeah, she just disappeared. Mm -hmm. So yeah. that leaves uh, Sister Debbie Darlington. Oh, okay. <laughs> Second Timothy chapter one. Yes. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, according to the promise of life, which is in Christ Jesus. To Timothy, my beloved son, grace mercy and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve with a pure conscience as my forefathers did, as without ceasing I remember you in my prayers night and day. Greatly desiring to see you being mindful of your tears that I may be filled with joy when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded is in you also. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, 
but share with me in the sufferings for the gospel according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began, but now has been revealed by the appearing of our savior, Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel, to which I was appointed a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher of the Gentiles. For this reason, I also suffered these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep what I have committed to him until that day. Hold fast the pattern of sound words, which you have heard from me in faith and love, which are in Christ Jesus. That good thing, which was committed to you, keep by the Holy Spirit who dwells in us. This you know, that all those in Asia have turned away from me, among whom are Figilus and Hermogenes. The Lord grant mercy to the household of Onesiphorus, for he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chain. But when he arrived in Rome, he sought me out very diligently and found me. The Lord grant to him that he may find mercy from the Lord in that day. And you know very well how many ways he ministered to me at Ephesus. Amen. Thank you. So the, before we go into uh, getting into the, the chapter itself, um, this is the second, uh, Paul's second letter uh, to Timothy. Again, these are what are known as pastoral epistles, where um, in one sense that Paul is, um, be, as a mentor uh, to Timothy, is giving him instructions, as you know, as we discussed in the first letter, that uh, he's, he was sent to Ephesus to give instructions, to build the church up, to guard against uh, false teachings. And so some of that, which uh, we discussed in the first letter, will be some repeated themes that we'll see again in the second letter. But I want you to listen closely as um, you, know, you read through the letter. Uh, I was encouraged that uh, when, we, when we get into these letters, um, that you read the whole thing, maybe at one sitting if you can. And the reason is you, there's, a, there's a flow uh, to the passage, just as, as I've said before, just as you, when you read a letter, normally when you open your, if you get mail anymore, uh, you open a letter and you sit down and you take the time to, to read the whole thing. That way you have a better understanding. <clears throat> And by the time we get to the, the very last chapter, uh, you can see kind of the depths and the, the depth and the passion, the love that is being com conveyed to Timothy. This letter is also known as, um, or has been called by many uh, commentators, Paul's swan song, meaning it's his last letter um, that he's writing. And so you, could, you can just hear, especially when we get to the fourth uh, chapter, it's kind of um, <clears throat> one sense it's, it can be seen as prophetic of uh, you know, his upcoming departure from life. 
Um, and so you, it really has some depth in there that uh, it's, it's you really have we haven't seen before in some of his other letters. Um, and it's one sense similar to the letter to the Philippians in terms of the intimacy, but this is on a much more personal level to uh, his um, mentee uh, Timothy. So that that's all part of the letter as Paul is uh, writing to Timothy uh, from Rome and just building him up and encouraging encouraging him along the way. So let's go right back to uh, verse one, the first couple of verses. We won't really get uh, too much into that this because it's one of the typical greetings um, that Paul gives. Um, and it has a slight difference, both, um, I didn't catch it when we were in First Timothy, but most of Paul's letters begin with grace and peace to you or grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. But in, in this particular letter and the previous one, it says grace, mercy, and peace. So it's a little bit different. And, and as we go through this uh, first chapter, um, and, and I kind of was trying to set the tone of the letter, you can kind of see uh, I'm not sure if this is the, the age or the ending. He's calling out for mercy um, for all the believers. And we'll see that word used again later on in the chapter. So it's just a little bit different take on how Paul does his, his greeting. So grace and peace is the norm, but here it's grace, mercy, and peace. And I think all of us <laughs> will agree we need God's mercy. In times like these, we need God's mercy. So this mm -hmm. applies to us as well. So this is opens up with a typical greeting. And then from verse three to five, um, I want us to let me go back and go back to verse three. So verse three begins part of a prayer. It also could be considered a charge to Timothy. Um, and, and so as you look at that, let's just look at that a little bit closer. What is Paul praying for, for his, again, mentee Timothy? So what are some of the things that he prays about for Timothy? And just listen to what he's talking about. What's the tone? What's the feeling? What is he praying about for Timothy? You may have to call on some of what we Man, discussed faithful. before. Go ahead. Encouraging him to be uh, faithful. In, okay. In okay. A pure, conscience, a pure conscience without seizing. You know, remember, um, like the forefathers that what came before him to continue in the um, um, the Not commitment sure. that he made to Christ Jesus. Okay. okay. Yeah. And I, I would even reach back further, not only to uh, those in the church, but he's reaching all the way back <laughs> to his Jewish ancestry as well, um, for those faithful servants of the Lord. And so um, that's one thing that he's, he's mentioned. One, you know, come from a long legacy. What else is he praying for? L listen to the passion um, that he's praying that without ceasing what is he doing praying for him night night and day and day mm -hmm. uh, 
remember what what was what was Timothy's task? His task was to do what? Set in order the church at Ephesus. And remember, uh, Paul said to Timothy, "Don't let anybody look down on you because you're 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 young. Uh, you and we'll get into this in just a moment about using his gifts." So this was a a a serious and significant burden that was placed on on Timothy. And so uh, Paul is just with all that he has, and because this is such a weighty task that he has, he says, "Ceaseless night." and day. So he is, uh, this, this prayer is for real. Um, sometimes, you know, people will say, um, you know, just, just pray for me. And sometimes we do. <laughs> and sometimes we don't. Y'all didn't hear me. Be honest. Sometimes we do. And sometimes we don't. Not, not here with Paul. He understands what the need is. It's such a, an overwhelming task because of um, again, setting up the church, the false teachers. And so um, he's interceding um, the, for the strength of Timothy. And so likewise, we can do for one another um, in terms of those that are in ministry, those that are serving the Lord, those that are going through um, having that kind of burden for not only Timothy, but the entire people of Ephesus because he wanted them to be strong and to stand firm in the truth of the gospel. And so our prayers are important in lifting and building uh, someone up. How do you think that Timothy felt knowing that the apostle Paul, who was where? In Rome, in prison. Rome, prison. But what was he doing? He was concerned about Timothy and praying for him. So can we pray while we're in prison? Yes, we can. Yep. Well, can we pray while we're struggling and going through? Yes, yep. we can. Um, and so Paul is, is teaching us that in all circumstances, there's a lot going on. We can still pray and be concerned for the ministry going forward. And you can see it again, hearing the passion. He longs to see Timothy. And you hear it with the tears, I shed tears, longing to see uh, Timothy. And he starts thinking about, and you have to go back to Acts, about how they travel together from, I believe it's around verse, I mean, not verse, but rather chapter 14 or 16 in Acts, how it, Timothy accompanied him in various of his missionary journeys. So they had a bond together. And while um, Timothy is doing the ministry, Paul is in Rome, starts thinking about all that they've been through and this responsibility. He's missing him. Um, some of us know what that's like to, uh, you know, to be have such a passion and a prayer for either ministry or a person you haven't seen for a while. This is exactly what Paul is going through. So he's praying for Timothy. And then what else does he say about Timothy? What about his pedigree, so to speak? Verse five. He, he's reminding him he coming from good stock. Comes from family. good stock. Spiritual, spiritual family. Mm -hmm. 
So he has a good spiritual, and in this case, his biological uh, family, his grandmother, Lois, and his mother, Eunice. And I always, uh, whenever I read this, I, I always have to think about my mother because her middle name is Eunice. Um, and so, um, and I know that just personal testimony, uh, I know that I have, thank you for using that word, uh, Brother Taswell. I came from good stock, uh, godly, godly uh, woman. And um, I won't say some of you, many of you can also share that st same story. Is there, is, is there, somebody said amen. Who said amen? Butch. Okay. So, Definitely. so did you come from, you, you came from godly stock, I, I understand. Yes, sir, I did. So, so, my so this, grandmother, my mother. Okay. You know, uh, pastor, can you hear me? Yes. That yeah. was Taswell. Yeah, uh, I remind me when I it's going back a long time now. When I went to, went off to college, how my mother spoke to me about who I was and what family I was coming from, and encouraging me to do well. And that, that's what I get from that and to remind who you are and you come in from me. You don't, not only you, you represent me, but you represent God. Amen. And one of the other things he, he, he emphasizes is also to stir up the gifts that the mothers and, and wait, grandmothers. Wait. Don't, don't go too fast. We're talking about fast? mamas and, and, and stuff first. Well, <laughs> We're going to talk about that in just a moment. <laughs> Let's linger a while at uh, uh, the godly heritage and how important that is, not only what we receive, but also what we pour into uh, our, our, our children, our heritage that yeah. you now we have, we live this godly example. And, and many of you have um, not only sent your children to church or vacation Bible school, you have been part of their life. You've tra trained up the child in the way that they should go, you have uh, poured out in your prayer life and all that that seasoning, all that 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 you pour in is beneficial. And sometimes we see the immediate results, but we also believe God for the future. So Amen. don't stop praying. Don't stop believing. Pastor, I'm reminded as the uh, old school teacher, I'll say, uh, when my, when my students, not just my children, well, they were my children in my eyes, um, and some of them would slip up and call me mama, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I, you know, I guess that spoke to how I would kind of preach or, you know, whenever they stepped out of line, remind them, you know, that they were represented, they were representing their family, their homes, and Surely your mother would be ashamed. <laughs> and often that would change their behavior, but that was way back in the day. <laughs> well, I, I, I recall one other thing, you know, we since we're on the, on the uh, subject of grandmothers and mothers, uh, every sun, summer, I would go out and spend at least a week or two weeks with my grandmama. And she was a very poor lady as far as wealth is concerned. But in spirit, she was very strong. She would always take us to uh, some churches that some people probably have not experienced country churches where there was no music. And the music came from the, the, the congregation and from the preaching. And uh, 
that was a strong, a very strong uh, um, spiritual sense that I had to, I inherited from her. And that she was just, to me, just like my mama when I was away from my actual birth mother. Yeah. Um, earlier during our prayer time that we read uh, the scripture in Hebrews, one of the scriptures in Hebrews was mentioned, but one of them is, therefore being surrounded by such a cloud of witness, witnesses, uh, let us run with patience of perseverance, the race that's set before us. Um, and those cloud of witnesses, those are some of our, yes, parents or grandparents and others. And so this is, we can imagine what Paul is, is sharing as he reminds Timothy. Remember, he's trying to encourage Timothy. Um, and, and when we start thinking about it, um, it says, going right to the next part. Now, now, Butch, we can talk about. So he prayed for them, and then he also encourages them. What does he encourage them to do? To stir up those gifts. Stir up the gift. Laying on hands, laying on the hands. So, nature. so let, let's 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 stop for a moment. Let's let's uh, let me see. You ever have, uh, you ever put some sugar in some tea? You ever put yeah. Nest Nestle's Quick in mm -hmm. some milk? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so mm -hmm. what do you do? Stir it up. Stir it up. Stir it up. Mm -hmm. It changes. <laughs> yes, it does. So mm -hmm. when, oh, okay, y'all, some of you may remember. You know about the the ragu commercial? It's in there. That, yeah. Somebody knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. Somebody yeah. knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> so so basically, you're saying to Timothy, you know, this this is I'm praying for you. This is difficult, but you come from good stock. I know yeah. that you, uh, they have raised you up, and you'll we'll find this repeated again uh, later on, and I think in the third or the fourth chapter. So basically he said, it's just like ragu. It's, it's in there. We know this because God, uh, we laid hands on you. The anointing of God is on your life. Has anybody ever said that to you? Has yes. anybody ever spoken into your life? Amen. Yes. And they said, yes. they see the anointing. Yes. Yes. And I see the pressure. Go ahead, elaborate. I say I, I see the pressure because where much is much is given, much is required. Okay. You got responsibility. Mm. And, Which and is I think that's what it is. So stir up the gift. We again, this is uh some believe this is like a four-year time period between first Timothy and second Timothy. So to some time. Uh, has passed, you know, remember all the things he was charged to do? Was he getting tired? Was he feeling the weight and the burden of all that he was tasked to do? We don't know the age of Timothy, but he is mentioned as, a, as, as his age is mentioned or his youth is mentioned. And again, youth from that time could be anywhere from 30 up. Um, to 40 or so. So youth may 
not be 18 to 21 year old, but it could be someone that's a little bit older, but still um, this the burden of that. And it says, stir up the gift. I'm, I'm here to remind you, God's anointing is in your life. And so maybe somebody in this needs to hear that word that stir up the gift, that anointing that was either spoken over your life or you sense or feel or know that God has placed a good deposit in you. Don't allow it just to sit there on the bottom. Mm -hmm. Don't allow it to be dormant, mm -hmm. but to do what? Stir, stir it up. up. Mm -hmm. Stir it up. Stir uh, up. Pastor. Stir up the gift. Pastor, it's also like you go to the gym. You got all those weights there. If you don't use them, what's going to happen? Nothing's going to un go unchanged. And faith and your gifts, you got to exercise it to get the fullness out of them. Right. So, Timothy, stir it up. Then he goes on to say this. God has not what? What has God given Timothy? What has God given us? God has not given yes. us a spirit of fear or timidity, depends on the translation, but of power and love and, and of a sound mind. mind. Sound mind or self-control, self-discipline. So, Timothy, stir it up. And I want to remind you, Timothy, that God has given you not a spirit that leads you to fear, to being overwhelmed, to being insecure, uncertain, feeling powerless, all those things that could come about in, in ministry as we're serving. Because in all honesty, sometimes it is very over, overwhelming and you just, just don't know. But here he's reminding them. This is like a mini conference for... for for, for Timothy, I want to remind you, it's in there. And this is what God has given you, Timothy. Power. Where's that power come from? From God. From the Holy Spirit. Power comes from the Holy Spirit. Not, not our, it's good to have uh, you know, years of experience. It's good to have academic training. It's good to have all those things. But the power comes from the power of the Holy Spirit. Not only that, love, mm -hmm. because love is the motivator that allows us to continue to serve mm -hmm. and a sound mind or self-control or self-discipline or wisdom. So, so, Timothy, God has placed all that in you. So you can almost feel it like, okay. I got I, this. I, yeah, I can, I can do this. Go ahead. Somebody, I thought someone was going to chime in. That's a really good reminder because we can become overwhelmed when God yeah. calls us to do things, when we think about it from our perspective. But if we um, trust in God and know that he does give us the power and the love and the self-discipline to fulfill what it is that he calls us to do, we know he will do it. So this is a really good reminder. Amen. I also wanted to just add in that it's also a reminder to be mindful of what we speak into other people's lives. Ah, okay. I'm coming from the perspective of, of Paul speaking to Timothy and the power of Paul's words. And we're talking about the impact that it has on Timothy. So what impact 
do our anointed words have when compelled by the Lord to speak to someone? I, I'm, that's why I love you. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm gonna be in trouble now. <laughs> but but one the one phrase I, I wanted to just to highlight what you said was compelled by the Lord. Because sometimes, and I want a reason why I'm bringing that because sometimes people try to speak over us and it's not of God. But it's let's make sure and that's where that sound mind or discipline comes in, so we can have that discernment. But you know that just receiving that encouragement, that 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 speaking into somebody's life, how powerful that is. <clears throat> I'm I'm thinking about um, my my mentor, um, Bishop Samuel Hogan. I remember he came in. Uh, this is when we were in North Dakota. And uh, we were pastoring one of the congregations uh, there in North Dakota. And I had invited him to speak. And when he came out there, I never forget this. This was back in probably 1989. And he said, Keith, you're a pastor. Just those simple words. Never forget. So there's, there's some times when we, somebody speaks into your life or has spoken into your life, that is a word of encouragement. And sometimes that word of encouragement can last maybe a lifetime because you remember, this is what God has done. God hasn't given up on me. I know this is what God has called, called me to do. And this is what God has called you to do. Anything else? Verse eight, could someone read verse eight? So do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner. Rather, join with me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. Okay. Did you hear that last part? By the what? Power of God. Power of God. So already um, he's reminding Timothy of the power of God um, that's going to be necessary. And he says to him, don't be ashamed of the gospel or of me, his prisoner, but join in. And basically is saying to Timothy, Timothy, don't give up. Stay with it. Don't give up, Timothy. Stay with it. Don't give up, Timothy. Stay with it. It's kind of like almost an urging. So don't be ashamed. It's, it is hard. I know that when you look at my... You know, sometimes we look at somebody and say, mm, if it's going to take all that, I don't, I don't know. But in Paul, even in prison, he's encouraging Timothy. So he says, don't, you know, Timothy, you can, you can do this by the power of God. Verses fact, nine, go ahead. I'm sorry. The fact that uh, Paul is in prison and encouraging someone who is not bound um, physically and has the freedom of spreading the gospel. If I was in that situation, just my personal testimony, okay, it would go ahead. me to do it the more, you know, and spread the gospel and not having any fear of man or what he might do to me. 
knowing that the power of God has been, is my anointing. That's right. Amen. I was going to say also, Pastor, um, what going back, you know, going back a little bit between uh, what uh, Sister Debbie said and what you asked, does it ever get frustrating? Does it ever get tiring? Does it ever get overwhelming? Like Charlene said, you know, to be very honest, if we are honest with ourselves, we have to answer yes. And then we have to look at uh, where we can get that encouragement from. From each other, yes. From the word, yes. But do we, are we selfish in that wallowing in self-pity and saying, I'm just not feeling it and not thinking about other people who might not be feeling it either? Or are, <laughs> are we part of a community of folk that, you know, can support each other and build each mm. other up? And mm. I feel that in our in our church community that we do that for each other as far as we know. But at the same time, we can lead people to the word because God was talking to us through Paul, just like Paul was talking to Timothy. You know, we're all Timothys at some point in our lives. So I, I just think that's an amazing um, scripture. Y'all, y'all should be putting up some uh, hand clap emojis after that statement. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> I mean, no, I mean, I don't, I don't want to overlook that. Just the fact that uh, Deacon Brown can say that she knows that we are part of we. That's what Christian faith community is, um, and and that is a powerful statement. Um, there was a uh, well, there's a whole lot going on, but just the, there was a news report. Just talking about the um, increase in anxiety and all the other things that are going on in, in terms of that's part of being overwhelmed. And sometimes it's that's not always, but sometimes it's a result of being disconnected from, from community and not having that support, not being able to be honest and vulnerable and to say, yes, I'm feeling overwhelmed. Um, even though I may sing, I don't feel no ways tired, but in reality, I do feel not just some, some, I feel exhausted. This is, this is more than, you know, I bargained for, but thanks be to God that we have, of course, the power of God's word. We do have a loving community. Um, and so that, that's all part of it. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Uh, Pastor, uh, I know at one time the teacher, uh, education we used to have retreats to refurbish ourselves because you need to get away. And what we do in small groups, we find out we have a common commonality there. And a lot of times iron sharpens iron. You're not going through this alone. So what things can we do to, to, to put us back up again? Amen. Well, let me just give a, a, a shout out again to Chosen Ladies Fellowship this coming week, the men's uh Sunday school class, the women's Sunday school class. There's, I mean, there's already some forums in place, but then there needs to be other opportunities. Uh, I know that the deacons have uh, occasional fellowships. Um, you know, there, there's so many ways um, that we can build one another up and to support one another. So that is a, a blessing. Uh, let's go to verses nine and 10. Um, and could someone read verses nine and 10 again? This is uh, this is pretty important. Well, it's all important, but 
read verses nine and 10 again. He has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given to us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time, but it has now been revealed through the appearing of the Savior, Christ Jesus, who has destroyed death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Amen. So the reason why I wanted to read that, that again is because if you look at verses 9 and 10, that's kind of a, a micro uh, teaching on the, the gospel message. That's a, verses 9 and 10 is, is almost a micro teaching on the gospel message. Begins with verse 9. What did God do? He saved us. Saved us. Salvation. That's part of the gospel message. What did he save us from? He saved us from the power and the guilt of sin. So he saved us. What else did he do? Called us. He called us. Okay, so second, he saved us. He called us. Read, read the rest of that. Called, called us. To a holy life. There we go. That's what I want to make sure we get that. Called us to a holy life. So we started with salvation. Now we get right into sanctification, being called apart to live holy, to live a godly life, to live out the kingdom of God principles. So he saved us. We, are, we have sanctified us. And what else does he say next? Was it anything that we have done? No. Because of anything we've done. Mm-hmm. Not so because of it? our works. Not because of any our works. So what mm-hmm. would we call that? We would call that God's grace. Praise. Grace. Yeah. So we have, remember, I talk about the many teaching. So it's about salvation, sanctification, and don't you ever forget it was God's grace. Mm-hmm. You know you want to sing that song. <laughs> God's grace. It was God's grace, not anything that we have done. done. So don't forget that. It's not of work, somebody said. It's not anything because we have done certain things and fulfilled certain requirements and anything like that. It's because of purely the grace of God. Of God. Amen. Salvation, sanctification, grace. Oh, and by the way, this this is this was all part of God's plan when and the beginning before before the world the foundation began. of the world before the world began thank you before this see see what god had already in store before so he he always wanted us to be in relationship with him yes and before. sin caused separation but he already had a plan. It's not like God was like, oh, okay, now, now what am I going to do? He already had a plan. And it's a, part of it's just a mystery because our God is, he's omnipotent, omniscient. And so we all, we know that and we, it's, it's, it's mind blowing. But before the chaos, before there was, I mean, God, 
That's what some will call the in the eternal counsels of God. Mm -hmm. God had a plan. So don't don't underestimate. Thank you, Jesus. The salvation that's ours in Christ. Because God God planned this long time ago, and we're the recipients of it because of Jesus Christ. Just didn't, just didn't, we didn't just stumble into it. God's grace. At cross. Who said that? Yes, right. And actually, that's the very next part. That's verse 10. Thank you. Good segue. Because who is it through? Next part talks about Jesus. Mm-hmm. Our Savior. Our, okay. So read verse 10 again. I want to make sure we capture it. But it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who has destroyed death and has Okay, let's start with, start with that first one. So the appearing of our Savior. Yes. So that's what we would call his first advent. Mm-hmm. When he came, born, mm-hmm. the word became flesh. So we'd have to take that whole gospel message of why he came. He became flesh. And the appearing at the right time, Jesus came. So his advent, his appearing, his healing. And then the next part is what happened? He abolished death. He abolished death. How did he abolish death? Going to the cross. He went to the cross. He was crucified, but died, and was rose. buried, and resurrected, and rose. Wait, how about one day, two days, three days later? He got, he got up. up with all power oh, in his oh, hand. Yes, death could not hold oh, him man. down. That's right. So, because of his resurrection, he declared victory over death and snatched the the keys Mm -hmm. so that we can say, oh, death. And oh, grave. Where's your victory? And thanks be to God through Jesus Christ. So this verse is 9 and 10. Like I said, it's a mini teaching on the gospel message. Christ, verse 10. His, his appearing, his ministry, his resurrection and victory and brought eternal life and immortality. Here's the song, Deacon Brown, because he lives. I can right. face tomorrow. Thank you. I can face tomorrow because he lives. Yes. But it, it, it gets better. Um, can you read the last part of verse 10? It may be verse 11. I think it's verse 10. Read that the end of verse 10 again. Who has destroyed death and has brought life and immortality to light through okay. the gospel. Oh, okay, here's here's what I want to read verse um four, 12. Uh, uh which is why I suffer as I do, but I'm not ashamed for Hear this. I know somebody, I know whom I have believed mm-hmm. and am convinced or persuaded mm-hmm. that he is able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me. Mm-hmm. This is talking about the eternal security. Amen. 
what God started, he can finish. Paul said to the Philippian church, he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. That gospel message that's been entrusted, this eternal life that's been entrusted, the hope that's been entrusted, God is a keeper. And Jude said it like this, now unto him who is, who is able, able to keep, keep, keep us from falling and present us I want to hear I want to hear the drum and hear presenting the redeemed of the Lord the ones who accepted my salvation my gift of salvation Amen. here they are clothed in the righteousness of Christ they overcame by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony, presenting. <laughs> no, no, I'm teaching now. <laughs> this is good stuff. Amen. Amen. Oh, wait. Can y'all hear that? No. So this is. A, so we may just have to pick up this, the last part on next week, but. Uh, eternal, I know whom I have believed. Mm. And then he encourages Timothy, guard that good deposit down Amen. in verses 13 and mm. 14. So he, he lays out. So I would encourage you to go back and uh, do a quick uh, rereading, uh, mm. of course, the whole chapter, but verses nine and 10, because again, it's like a, a, just a, a mini lesson on the fullness of the gospel message right there um even down to verse 11 and 12 as well and god is able to keep us amen i'm i'm gonna stop there because the last couple of verses verses 15 just 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 humor me for a couple minutes this won't take very long verses 15 through 17, um, Paul is talking about um, some other names that said <laughs> that some folks gave up on me, the, uh, what we call disloyalty of Phygelus and Hermogenes. Um, they, they abandoned. You know, all the things that Paul is talking about to, to Timothy, that he's encouraging him, it's, but it's not always that way. He talks about Phygelus and Hermogenes, they abandoned, but the loyalty of Onesiphorus, because he refreshed, he wasn't ashamed. Remember, Paul talked to Timothy, don't be ashamed. And here's a good example, Onesiphorus, Onesiphorus. Um, he supported the ministry, consistent support. And so that's a significant. So, and, and the, the main part here is Timothy, don't give up. There are others that may fall away, but there's also others that will stand fast. And this is what I want for you as well. Amen. 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 Well, God bless you. This has uh, been. Uh, uh, and Deacon Brown, I wasn't. I wasn't preaching. I was just, you know, <laughs> just doing okay. what you do, Te teaching right. with a little bit more enthusiasm. How's that? <laughs> No, it, it was preaching. <laughs> <laughs> you you, you can't miss it. 
there are enough freaks on this call. <laughs> and it's also it's also recorded <laughs> until 